0: Blog Talk Radio. And around the world, streaming live on the Internet, it's Real Estate Coaching Radio, bringing you the latest news, interviews, and secrets of the top producers, hosted by award-winning real estate coaches, Tim and Julie Harris.
1: And welcome back to Real Estate Coaching Radio. We are your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. And we have a very special co-host today, Mr. Joseph Rand. Joe, welcome to the call. Hi, guys. Um, so, As all of you guys know, the talk on the radio show, at least the few past few days, has been about the uh, we're calling it Zulia. I was picking up on Joe's terminology because I just read his article again, but it's been on the Zillow Trulia merger. So the Zillow Trulia merger is really, you know, what effect does that have on the industry? But most importantly what impact does it have on your individual real estate practice and what can you and what should you be doing now in anticipation of what comes next so that's what our focus is going to be on today's radio show so julie welcome back julie julie yes okay Sorry, Welcome back. Had, welcome
0: back. <laughs> thank you yes now i am back no problem so I can
1: Hear you so yes, a pleasure okay, i no looking worries. forward to this interview yeah yes very good so joe Let them know who you are. Let them know uh, where you sell real estate. Just give give our listeners uh, some background, how they can connect with you, because also this might be a great way for your brokerage to get some referrals, because this radio show, the replay is going to be sent to literally every realtor in the nation, and we typically have thousands thousands and thousands of listeners, especially in replay. So any way that they can connect with you would be great. Okay,
2: well, you know, thanks so much for having me on. I'm, I'm actually excited to do this, and this is kind of an unusual first time doing this. Uh, my name is jo- Joseph Rand. Um, I run with my family. I have a couple of brothers and my mother. Uh, we own a real estate company in New York City's northern suburbs called Better Homes and Gardens Rand Realty. We have about 25 offices, about 800 agents, and... Um, uh, this year, we're close by $1.6, $1.7 uh in, uh, in, in total uh, volume. Uh, and, uh, and one of the things that things I've done that recently, I've done done, recently uh, is I've gotten uh, more involved uh, with uh, Inman uh, uh, News. news. Uh, Brad, Inman Brad Inman has been Inman very generous, generous in generous inviting me to respond to some of his articles with articles the, with the Real Estate Broker Perspectives, so I've written a couple of them. Uh, you can actually uh, you can find them if you just search just in for my name. Uh, you can also uh, find, you can find me. ask so if people could find D. me. Just go to josephrand.com, R-A-N-D. Uh, you can go to our website, randrealty.com, R-A-N-D. uh, R-A-N-D. 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 uh, or you can find, you me, on find me on Facebook, uh, facebook.com uh, Facebook. uh, uh, Facebook. uh, Facebook slash R-A-N-D. josephrand. Uh, I'm happy to friend people if they want to say hi. Um, but so Brad, okay, so Brad asked, asked me to respond to some of his articles, and, you know, he wrote something, and he wrote something recently, and I don't know if you know, want to uh, set it up and, set up and describe what he said and, and what my response, what was.
1: response was. Well, actually, well, can I, I unfortunately, you know, we're unfortunately, we're kind of we low-tech here. Can I have? I hate to ask I you have to, have do this, to do Joe, this, Joe, but could you hang up and, call, hang up and, call, back and call back in because your line sure. has got a vicious echo. Okay. I wasn't sure if you could hear that. All right.
2: Yeah, I could hear it. All right. I'll call back.
1: Okay. All right. All right. Okay, say, Julie? Okay, say, Julie? Oh, it was def- the yes. echo was definitely on his line. No worries, Guy. Hey, we're, yep. you know, it's not like we're running this out of our basement, but, you know, close to it. Close to it. So <laughs> blog talk radio is a little bit of an echo. Oh, you know, I hear the oh, echo on, my, echo line, on my line, too. So anyway, we're going to have I, to probably yeah, – You sound
0: fine to me, but,
1: you know, we'll deal. Okay, well, we're going to just have to deal with it. You know, Julie, you okay. just read Joseph's very well-written article on Inman, and mm-hmm. I know that was your first I, yeah, read-through. What did you think? Uh,
0: what did you think? I think he makes an excellent point about, you know, it is a love-hate relationship with Zillow. Everybody loves the leads, hates paying for them. And, of course, i will want to bring exposure to the listings. But does Zillow need listings more than listings need Zillow? So it's certainly a discussion point. And my comment to you is this is going to be very interesting to see it
1: unfold. That's right. So, Joseph, talk about the article and and share with the listeners – you know, share with the listeners what kind of inspired you to write it. Um, well, what happened is, and how's, my, how's
2: the echo right now? Is it better? Yeah, it's still, there. Oh, it's still there. All right, I'm still here. Well, I'm, I'm on a different line, so check the 1195 line, and I'll go in on that one and see if that's
1: better because that's a landline. Okay, no problem. Okay, no problem. <laughs> oh, and we're trying it again. So, Julie, what specifically about the article really intrigued you? Well, I think it's it's that
0: battle between the content and, you know, the supply of the listings, the supply of the leads, you know, where those are going to come from. And I, I think really it gets down to the realization that, you know, whatever, we always talk about the top 5% controlling 95% of the market, but those very powerful listing agents and brokers, you know, if you want to look at where the control comes from, it's who's got the content. And the content in this case
1: is the listings. That's right. That's right. that's right, so that is the bottom line, and that's what we're going to talk about is the fact that really, at the end of the day, it really does come down to and Joe, you are back, yeah, you I, are see. back I see yep. uh, the, uh, Joe, Joe <laughs> it's worse, well, well, that's He's coming from the yeah, West, coast. West coast okay Joe, are you there okay, Joe, are you there? I am. I am. Okay, that's fine. Okay, good. Well you know what? There's still an echo, but we're gonna live with it. So talk about the article.
2: Okay, so what basically it was it was a response to Brad Inman. Brad, uh the publisher of Inman News, has always taken a very aggressive approach to disruption and technology and that's you know, he's really a, a technophile from that perspective and so he's he took a very sharp perspective that the Zillow acquisition of Truly, it was a checkmate for the industry that, that, you know, the industry might as well just stop trying to do real estate search because uh, Zillow is just going to own that space. And I thought it was kind of funny that he took that attitude because, to me, you know, Zillow's business model relies upon a very simple calculation, which is, uh, as Julie was saying, you know, we have content. We give them the content. They take the content and then generate eyeballs from it and then they're able to monetize that by going back to us and having us pay to either advertise or protect against advertising on our own content and it's an interesting business model and it's something that I've you know my company participates in it. We we advertise on Zillow and we pay to protect our listings and I think Zillow is great. I have no actual problem with Zillow but I do think that if Brad's thesis that Zillow has an idea of industry domination I think the flaw in that argument is that at any time, brokers could turn off the spigot and agents could turn off the spigot, and then those listings are not going to be on Zillow, and without the listings, there's no eyeballs. Without eyeballs, there's no money, and I think Zillow withers. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but my point was just that if Zillow tries to take over the industry, you know, what I say in the article is if push comes to shove, there's going to be shoving on both sides, and the industry is not helpless in the face of what uh, Zillow is going to be doing.
1: Did you read did you the read article, article that um, Citron and, um, Research put out yesterday on um, chance?
2: No, I did not.
1: Um, so that's another great article for all of you guys to read if you're curious about this, because he went into a great bit of detail. And this guy's a short seller, and we talked about this on yesterday's radio show. But what he discovered, and you'll find this interesting, I think, is that the Realogy guys have a sweetheart deal with uh, Zillow specifically. So he found some undisclosed private agreement that basically uh, proved that Realogy cut a deal that for um, $175 per year, if I remember correctly, an agent can have what will cost a non-Realogy agent something like 10 dollars or $15,000 a year in terms of exposure. <laughs> so. So, this guy went in to research this, and you know he's trying to throw out all kinds of accusations about you know non-competitive, you know all these different types of things. He's a short seller. He's trying to bank on make money from Zillow stock going down. That aside, we don't care about any of that. What, he, what was interesting in alignment with what you just said, Joseph, was that in essence his theory was, Realogy, Obviously, if you compare the size of Realogy and their reach and their exposure and their unique eyeballs, and if you kind of compare matrix, metrics to metrics. Realogy is massively, Realogy is massively bigger, than bigger than Zillow or Trulia or all these different, yeah, all you know, in terms of the amount of traffic that they get. And his theory was, well, obviously you know, at, one point, at one point, Zillow and Trulia met behind closed doors, and, Real, uh, you know, I'm sorry, yeah, uh, Realogy and Zillow met behind closed doors, and the agreement was made that they'll keep their listings on Zillow, provided that they get this incredible sweetheart deal for their agents. And the theory is, is that all the while Realogy is building their own portal, which is interesting because you touched on that too, but that rumor has been circulating for a long time that Realogy is supposedly going to come out with some sort of, you know, uh, rule changing portal that, I mean, there's all kinds of different theories out there. What is your view on that?
2: Uh, Well, I'll be clear that anything I say is speculation because although I'm a Realogy franchisee myself, I have no insight, I have no particular inside knowledge on this, but you know, it is true that Realogy went and bought uh, Zip Realty for $165 million just a few weeks ago. With uh, And Realogy, some of the brokers, like my company, through Realogy had engaged in a relationship with Zip Realty where we were using some of their technology and um, handling the leads that came through their platform. So I think there was a relationship with with Zip before, but you know the speculation now is that what is Realty going to do with it? Are they going to are they going to take that technology and just use it for internal purposes, for client management, for their agents? Is it going to be a new dashboard for back office agents and things like that, or is it something where they're going to try to make a public facing search website that? Will compete with uh, with Zillow and Trulia. Now, you know, I don't know anything about the short selling. I don't know anything about I don't know anything about this particular deal that's been rumored. But um, I will say this: I've, I, you know, I want to make clear I have no problem with Zillow. I, you know, I like Zillow. I like Trulia. I've used them as consumers. I, I have partnerships with them as a broker. But I think that what you know, it, it's it's interesting to me how much Wall Street values them given their revenue and profit levels. Uh, and I also think it's interesting that people seem to gloss over the fact of how much they have a dependent relationship on brokers and agents to provide them with their content. Everyone seems to assume that that brokers would be afraid of pulling out of Zillow because their sellers would demand it, and what I say in the article is that I just don't see sellers making that demand. I think that good agents could, if they needed to, could convince sellers that they don't need to be on Zillow.
1: Well, I think it was in your article, Joe, or maybe it was something else that I read, where basically it's, it's you know, just apply common sense. If a listing is no longer on Zillow or Trulia, and it's on, say, Joseph Rand's broker's site, aren't the eyeballs automatically going to go to Joseph Rand's site? You know, it's just kind of an interesting comment. Let me read this little snippet from this Fox article that I was telling you about. Fox News. The combined annual sales of Zillow and Trulia, on the other hand, is a paltry 340 million. Neither company is currently profitable. Uh, matter of fact, Zillow operates at a negative—you uh, know, basically they lose 8.4 percent of their—they're essentially operating in the red. They have 2,000 employees between them. These are not big numbers. The two web portals are, in fact, dwarfed by a handful of giant brokerage firms. Realogy Holdings, which owns Century 21 and Caldwell Banker, boasts annual sales of over $5 billion and over $400 million in net income and over 10,800 employees worldwide. Zillow says that real estate brokerage companies spend about $10 billion a year on in advertising, including both traditional and online. If digital ad sales account for about half, which means the total market value of the company is $5 billion in ad revenue, and I don't think that's expected to grow much over time. Well, then they get back into the whole conversation about the value of the stock, which, like you said, Joseph, we're not going to talk about. So why is it that agents are so fearful of this merger, and should they be?
2: I think that agents are for whatever reason and we all know this agents live with a self-hating perspective that they're always afraid that they're going to be disrupted you know agents get freaked out if they see a for sale by owner sign on their streets uh, on their streets so they they're easily i think panicked about this kind of stuff and i don't mean it to be dis- dismissive because i think that a lot of real estate agents you know endure a lot of rejection and deal with a lot of difficulty and trying to you know convince people of their of their value they bring in a transaction, which I believe in firmly i wouldn't do this i wouldn't be in this business if i didn't so I think that whenever something like this happens that is potentially disruptive, I think that it sends a little ripple through the realtor community whereby they're worried that this is going to replace them you know they're worried that is what Zillow really trying to do is trying to create a direct relationship between sellers. And buyers, and cut out the real estate agent entirely, and you know that's that, that there's a non zero chance that that could be the case, but you know one of the things that I point out in the article is or i I think I pointed out in the comments, not in the article, but i I made I had this discussion with somebody that why in the world would Zillow want to be in the real estate brokerage business? You know you just said they took a business that has three hundred million dollars of combined revenue is not profitable and somehow is valued at combined, what, $8 billion between the 5 right. and 3 for Zillow and Trulia. So they have a market cap that is about 80% as big as Realogy, which owns NRT, the largest real estate company in the world, and owns all the franchise brands and has about $10 million in revenue and uh, whatever, half a billion dollars of profit. So why would they want to be in that business? The business they're in is a lot more lucrative. Uh, so I don't see why they would want to do it. To do it. From from every, Zillow, and, and, and to Zillow's credit, Zillow has consistently denied having any of these designs. They've never said they want to do this. What they want to do is treat agents as clients. The agents are their, their consumer. They're the people who buy their product. Clients don't buy the product. You know, Buyers and sellers don't buy the product. They get it for free. The agents advertise. And so the agents are their clients, and I don't think that they're ever going to take a step which would upset that apple cart which is why i reject brad's thesis because i just think that zillow doesn't have any real incentive to try to cut the agents out of the deal because they're cutting out the people who pay them and i think that agent shouldn't be as worried about it
1: i agree with you completely and i mean and uh, you know spencer made it very clear that they have no intentions on doing that and i have no reason not to believe them I mean, they have built a better mousetrap, but what happens uh, Joseph, in your opinion, if they start aggressively getting into trying to monetize seller leads, as has been the rumor for a while, they're experimenting with different platforms to start basically not just obviously getting seller leads, but then cultivating them, pre-qualifying them, and then referring them to um, agents based on you know some internal scoring system of the, where they're scoring the value of the lead and they're scoring you know the agent uh, ability to convert the lead to a listing so they can get the referral fee. If that happens, if Zillow actually starts in aggressively going after listings, which obviously they're positioned perfectly to do, do you think the real estate industry in a whole will start second-guessing their willingness to continue to feed Zillow with listings?
2: Yeah, well, I think that's where the, that's where the conflict would be. And that's, to some extent, Brad's thesis. Brad doesn't argue that they're going to disrupt the real estate business by eliminating the need for agents, he actually says that what they'll do is eliminate the need for brokers because agents can form a relationship with Zillow, and Zillow can take over the responsibilities that have traditionally been taken by brokers to do lead generation and including you know web lead generation for their agents. And so could, could Zillow intercede with that and, and try to create situations where They're generating so many lead opportunities that they'll now charge a referral fee for it, and would there be a possibility that agents would realize that, hey, I I can do this on my own. I don't need a broker. I don't need a full-service broker. I guess that's a possibility. (laughs) Excuse me, but I just think that, you know, brokers have not had primary lead generation responsibility for their agents in a generation. You know, it's been 25 or 30 years since the model evolved from 50-50 because the broker did all the lead generation to more like 70 or 80, uh, you know, 70-30, 80-20 in favor of the agent because the agents are doing their own leads. So I don't, you know, they're not disrupting that relationship. Brokers do a lot different, lot, uh, very many different things and very little of it, I think, has to do with lead generation anymore. I mean, I think that's still part of the value package of my company certainly is, but, some companies it isn't at all, and even in my company, you know, right now, if if Zillow tried to change the way it handles the leads, we'd look at it and we'd say, well, you know, right now we're paying for those lead opportunities anyway. Um, you know, people are paying for premier packages, et cetera, et cetera. So if they converted that to say, well, we want twenty-five, thirty percent of any leads that turn into sales, well. That's a relationship that we've had before with other lead generators. I mean, there's other companies that have done that, and we've kept the relationship up with them because if they actually provide value, uh, I'm willing to pay a referral fee on it. I don't see a real problem with that.
1: Okay. So at what point do you think – would there ever be a time when the industry would say enough is enough and we're going to turn off the spigot? Do you actually – Well, yeah. I think think that That –
2: yeah i mean i I'm speaking theoretically, and i you know I'd have to see what actually they were doing and it may be that other people other brokers would not be quite as um accepting and and, and kind of enthusiastic about that so yeah there's there, there that's the the point of my piece was to say that you know Brad made the analogy that it was checkmate and and my point was to say, well, how can it be checkmate if the brokers really hold all the pieces because the brokers have the listings, and the agents have the listings and they can turn that off if they really needed to, if they find that what Zillow is doing.
1: Are you there? Tim? <laughs> Julie, are you there? Okay, yeah. So he was just saying basically, we're just talking about the fact. Okay, are you, can you hear me now, Joseph? So we were just talking about the fact, Julie, that he was talking about, you know, what would happen that would cause um, the Zillow or cause brokers to actually revolt against Zillow. And, you know, we we're just you, he was discussing the fact and he was suggesting that agents would be willing to pay a referral fee. And mm-hmm. do you think that's true? And at what point are they not going to be willing to pay the referral fee?
0: Well, I think his point is that there has to be value there if it is a real lead, you know, that is really – closable that they actually generated. You know, there's there's so many elements to this, right? It's the quality of the lead. It's the quantity of the lead. It's the agent's ability to convert a lead. There's a lot of different things going on here. But I think, you know, it's interesting that agents have been willing to pay up to 40% to relocation companies on top of their split, but then the argument becomes what kind of agent's willing to do that. So it degrades the service ultimately that the client gets in some cases, So I I think, you know, you really have to look at the overall quality of what's going on and are they providing
1: value. Right. And, you know, that's actually reminding me of back when you and I used to work for the uh, relocation company. I'm sorry, when we were selling for Remax, and we actually had to compete against the companies Mm -hmm. like NRT where they were referring off agents on relocation stuff. And we had to compete against those guys. And so hypothetically in the future, like we talked about on yesterday's radio show, that could actually happen again. So where we are going with this uh, interview today, and we're obviously having some technical issues, is what do you do about it, Julie? If you were an agent and you're listening to all of this and you're kind of fearful that there's a boogeyman around the corner and they're gonna, you know, we're going to have to start paying for our listings and all these different things are going to start eating our lunch, what would you as a coach be advising your clients to do? And, Joseph, I see you're back. Yep. Okay, good. <laughs> so I, don't, I know we're having some technical issues today. So Joe, I was listening to what you were saying and I was just asking Julie, and the, you know, you're in an interesting position because you can kind of see this from different perspectives. And I think most importantly, you're a broker and you totally understand the power of the listing agent. One, And if there's one thing that's not being represented in this whole conversation, one person, it is the listing agent. So you, an agent comes to you and they're fearful about, you know, am I going to be relevant 24 months from now and what happens if all these changes start to happen, what are you telling your agents how are you advising your agents to compete or be, uh, prepare for the maybe onslaught of more folks trying to get in their pockets
2: um, you know i think I, I don't know exactly where my answer cut out in the last one but the point i want to make about this was just that zillow is an advertising channel and they've always been an advertising channel they are a great advertising channel as is truly as is realtor.com and, you know, what I tell the agents is, you know, Zillow performs a purpose. It, it has a great – it provides a good service. It does generate leads. It does provide exposure to the listings like a lot of other sites. Uh, but it's not as if Zillow has a monopoly over any of these techniques. And, and you know, anything they have will, will turn up on Realtor.com in six months. And there's other sites out there that are coming that will do much of the same thing. So it's not as if they can devastate the entire space. All that said, I like Truly, I like Zillow, I like them all. I think I have partnerships with them. I use them as a consumer. They're terrific. What I would tell the agents is this: if you think it's valuable for your business, then buy the premier packages. You know, they have to make the same decision. You know, that I have to make, and you know, I'm making the decision about where I want the company's leads going, where I want the company listings going to they can make the decision well, where their listings are going to, and maybe they would come to a different decision than mine, but, you know, I think a lot of them would probably agree. If if I was doing it, I was doing it for a good reason. I think most of them would come along. Um, but in the meantime, it's, you know, you want to pay for it, pay for it. And if they go to a different business model where they start charging for the leads, well, you know, we've done that with other companies before. That's kind of the relationship we had with other third-party companies where we pay them 25% of the listings or if the leads uh, – Close, So that's not unprecedented, and that's just a different calculation of the business model. Um, But, you know, as long as Zillow and all these other sites play reasonably fair, as long as they're not, you know, trying to, you know, displace the companies, I think most companies will continue, most brokers will continue to cooperate with them and, uh, you know, use them as an advertising channel.
1: If you have a choice,
0: though, well, go ahead, Tom, sorry.
1: Well, I was wondering what, in your opinion, happens to Realtor. dot com. Yeah, that's where I was going too.
2: I yeah. think that uh, I, you know, you know what? Actually, I think I think this is a great opportunity for Realtor. dot com because you know the big three just became the big two, and even though Trulia is going to be maintained as a separate entity, from what I've read, you know, there, there's going to be you know I think some combined advertising opportunities, and that's going to hurt Realtor. dot com, but. I have to think that they're, they've had a wake-up call in the last couple of years. You know, their whole business model was just dumb, quite honestly. You know, the idea that what they were doing was they were taking the listings and they were limiting the listings to, like, four pictures unless the broker paid to enhance them. Well, it was just anti-client. It was anti-consumer. You know, I, if I'm a consumer and I'm using Realtor.com and I realize that when I look at these listings on Realtor.com, they only have four pictures, and I look on Zillow and they got 30 pictures – I'm done. Realtor is done. They didn't punish the broker. They punished themselves by going with the model they went with. And I think they have to evolve that and figure out how they want to be the uh, alternative. And you know, and one of the things I said in the article is I, I posited the theory of the white knight, the idea that Realogy might have designs for Zip Realty to become the you know the portal that doesn't have any of the negatives that Zillow and Truly have. You know. They do all, you know, no, no follow tags, no premium advertising, no competitive advertising on your listings, all listing information conveyed through. That if a portal did that and put some money behind it and had some traffic, you know, that might be meaningful to real estate agents and real estate brokers. And, you know, the theory in the article was that that might be something that Realg is positioning Zip Realty to do. But it's also a position that Realtor.com could take. Realtor.com could say, you know what, let's find a different model and let's start with the idea that we're actually going to be the realtor's friend, which they've always said they are because of the connection they have with NAR, but in practice, you know, it didn't really always come through. Um I think there's smart people running Realtor.com and I think that they've learned from their mistakes and I wouldn't be surprised if they launch if they use this as a jumping off point to try to do something new and interesting.
1: Yeah, that's, I think that's a good take on it, and I, I am uh, very optimistic about what happens with the move guys as well, and I think they're properly motivated now, whereas before maybe they were a little complacent. The lot of, a lot of folks that are uh, talking about the fact that there's an oversaturation or perceived oversaturation happening with the leads that they're getting from uh, Trulia and Zillow specifically, uh, in other words, the lead quality has degraded, and even though the cost has increased, do you have any comments on that?
2: Well, lead online lead quality has always been lousy. It's always been lousy. You know, we're always talking about one or two out of 100 converting within a reasonable period of time. But that's just the – you know, that's the way it is, you know. And I don't think that's going to – it may have gotten worse, and that might just be because the sites are becoming more prevalent. So they're getting more – they're attracting more eyeballs, and they're reaching deeper into the consumer base and including more people that aren't actually thinking of buying. I mean, one of the points I make in the article is that, you know, Zillow's got – what do they say? 80 million dollars, 80 million unique users in a given month, and according to NAR, there will be five five million homes sold this year. So, 80 million people are looking just on Zillow, not including the different people looking on Trulia, and different people on Zillow, the different people on on real estate websites. So, how many? You know, are we talking about 150 million people who are unique users on real estate websites, and five million of them buy a home in a given year? So, a lot of those people on those sites. You know, I say they're, they're not even – it's not a buying site. It's at best a shopping site, and a lot of those people aren't even shopping. They're just window shopping. Um, and so I don't know that, you know, uh, the people who think the Internet changes everything and that, the you know, they, they look upon the examples. They point out the travel agents, how the Internet basically devastated the travel agency industry, and that's always the example they give. And they say, okay, well, give me a couple more examples, and now they'll point out Uber and they'll point out what Amazon did to the booksellers. But you know, there's a finite number of those situations where the internet so dramatically changed an industry that it rendered the traditional way of doing things obsolete. And you know, it's been 15 years since listings went on the internet, and the real estate industry is basically unchanged. And I'm one of those people who actually would like to see the industry change, I'd like to see the industry evolve, be- become more client oriented, more client focused provide a better transactional experience to people. So I think there's, there's reasons for us to move, and I think technology can have a part in that. But I, I just have not seen any evidence that any of this technology is going to be uh, a seismic disruption to the way that the real estate industry does business.
1: I think it's fantastic. So what should an individual agent be doing? An agent walks into your office, one of the thousands of agents that relies upon you and your brokerage, and the great job I'm sure you guys do, Asking what they should do on an individual basis as far as utilizing technology, what would be like if you could you know, say, Mr. Agent, this is the minimum of what you should have to do, what you should do. and uh, can you can you talk on that?
2: Do you mean technology generally or what they should be doing with online portals?
1: Um, either. technology
2: generally. All right, well, technology generally, you know, if I were an agent today, you know, just a little simple thing, I'd have two iPads. I'd have an iPad for myself because I have an iPad. I have like three iPads personally, but I'd have an iPad for myself that I used, uh, you know, for my everyday use. And then I'd have a nice cheap iPad that I got as secondhand, and that would be my buyer iPad. And I would just give them, every buyer I took it, I'd give them an iPad and I'd load up all my documents that they needed. I'd have Zillow and Trulia and my own site on it. I'd have it be able to get on the internet so that people could sit there in the back of the car and look at the maps and do research on the area and you could give it to the kid to play a game if you want to like that's a simple thing but they got to embrace that kind of stuff like the easy technology you know when it comes you know they got to have a computer they got to have a computer skills I mean that's all obvious stuff but when it comes to you know the online marketing you know we just had a meeting with a couple of top agents to ask them what was working what was not working and you know frankly they liked Zillow they thought Zillow was working the best for generating leads for them so if an agent came to me and said what should I be doing I would say, you know what? Take the meeting. Go sit down with them, find out what's available, find out what it costs, find out what they're offering, and figure out whether or not you think that uh, it's going to be worth the investment, and then track it. You know? that's, what, that's what agents aren't doing. They're not, they have the capacity now, in a way that they never did in the old days, to actually track the return they get on an investment in marketing. And they should be tracking everyone where every one of their buyers comes from, and they should figure out how many buyers did I get out of Zillow this year, and how much did I pay Zillow and was it worth it for me to continue the relationship and you know and that's and that's the easiest, simplest advice I could give on that
1: you know it's interesting you you touched on something your uh, Realogy actually came out and said they were they track of course where all their web traffic comes from. And it was really fascinating. Uh, If you guys, I think we put a link on uh, yesterday's radio show, guys. You can kind of download this and read it yourself. But basically, it was like single, like less than 10% or maybe it was less than 15% of all their traffic comes from uh, third party sites. So Realogy basically gets a massive amount of traffic from broker sites, from their own main sites. And, you know, again, it's interesting what this always comes down to and the reason that the Amazon analogy and the travel agent analogy and all these different types of, you know, fear-mongering things that people throw out there to terrorize agents, you know, that gets people to pay attention, the reasons those are really bad analogies and – is because this is a direct contact people business, and because every house is different you 're not selling a commodity you 're not selling an airline ticket to Greece right so every house you 're not, you're is not different. getting you 're
2: not getting a cab ride you 're not getting a cab ride from one place to the other that 's going to be a fifteen minute relationship and you 're done like Uber. Like Uber is, yeah, you're exactly right. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut so, you off. Do
1: you do you think that do you think the technologists and and, and I, this is just an opinion thing, but certainly when I read a lot of this stuff on Inman, it seems like there's an undercurrent of hoping that the industry basically is thrown into the, you know, scrap heap of time and the technologists can take over and they se- seem to have this sort of, you know, panacea view of what the real estate world should look like, and it has nothing to do with what it looks like. Do you get the impression that there's a real, from a technology perspective, a lot of these guys are just giving lip service to wanting to be of service to agents, but at the end of the day, they secretly have it out for the industry as it's in its current form. Do you ever get that impression?
2: Yeah, I, I can see where you where you would come up with that, and I think there's sort of two things at play there. One of them is I think the people on a site like Immen, who write for a site like Immen, are technology... You know they're techno- technophiles. They're people that like technology, that see the value in technology. You know the company has a base in Silicon Valley, and you know that's that's the, you know you talk to people out there and they think the whole world's going to change everything. Everything that we do is going to change, and I think they bring that perspective. I don't think they have a bias, and I don't know if they're rooting for it to happen. I think that might be going too far, but I think there's a difference between bias and perspective. I do think they have a perspective, and their perspective is such that that they see technology change in the industry. And so they're trying to point out where they think they see that happening. And I would say the other thing that's going on with, you know, people that are constantly, uh, you know, anticipating the, you know, the, how technology is going to change real estate is that they see what I see, which is that it's, you know, the transaction doesn't work very well right now. It's not as if this industry does not need some revamping. You know, it's not as if, uh, you know, we all know, we're all in the industry so we all know that, you know, that many, many of the practitioners in this industry are not full-time professionals who are serious about the business and they're not very good at their jobs. And when there are this many people, you know, of the million or so realtors that are out there, when there's as many of them that are not good at their jobs as there are and when the transaction is as difficult as it is and brokers have been spending most of their time over the last 20 years building new ways to generate leads rather than ways to make the transaction better for their clients, and nobody ever teaches client service. What you get is a is a is a, is a an industry that it needs help. And you know, people who do this, you know, I'll give you an example. Uh, I was a judge at the Forward Conference that Realogy had last year, and then I, I live blogged it this year, uh, where they brought in 15 startup companies in the te- in the real estate space to talk about their products, and it was a $25,000 grand prize, et cetera, et cetera. So. They all get up there, and at least half of them, as they explain the impetus for their startup business, was I bought a home or I sold a home, and I saw how miserable the transaction was, and I had such a bad experience that I thought, how can I fix this? And you know, that's what I think the people at Inman see. I think what they see is how many people are inherently dissatisfied with the experience they get from the real estate industry, and they're casting about for how could we fix that. And I think that's an, uh, uh, that's certainly something that's been motivating me for the last 10 years, is how can I make the real estate transaction better for my clients? How can I prove the client service experiences that my clients get from my agents? And I think that's an important thing that the, this uh, industry needs to be doing. And I think technology has a piece of that and has a place for that, but I think the people, I think technology is going to completely take over and eliminate the need for the agents. You know, the sky is falling, Peter.
1: Joseph? <laughs> I think he disconnected again. (laughs) Joseph, can you hear me? Okay, well, listen, listeners, we obviously had some technical issues on today's radio show. I'm going to try to get Joseph back. I mean, frankly, I could just listen to him talk for the next 20 minutes. I love everything he was saying and how he was saying it. You guys should read his article on Inman News Features. It was really a fantastic article. Um, you know, he, he had a lot of really funny uh, passages in the article that I think kind of makes fun of the fear mongering that's going on out there. And really the bottom line guys, that, that really what matters right now, and Joseph I see your back again, is that you really realize that this is and always will be a direct contact belly to belly, know your market know your customer, do what's best for your customer, focus on, you know, that's what it's always going to be about. These big conversations that happen about, you know, Trulia and Zillow, and I mean, we like to talk about those because it's kind of fun, but at the end of the day, it's people doing business with people. So, Joe, you're back? Yep. I, where did I cut out?
2: Because I don't, I don't remember what I was saying I, when I left.
1: Well, I mean, basically, we're just essentially talking about the, you know where this is all going to go. You know, we're talking about the fact that, you know a lot of this technology the technologists out there are sort of you, you know you I was going to suggest that maybe what's really happening is a lot of these VCs see that the real estate industry is ripe for innovation and with their these technology guys are saying what kind of business do we get into and the VC guys maybe are uh, motivating or in funding uh, tech or real estate uh, companies or real estate you know startups that might disrupt the industry And they're seeing that as a bubble, kind of like there was in green energy for a while. I think a lot of that's going on because the the number of startups that are getting funded that are in the real estate space in the last 24 months really is extraordinary. It hasn't even happened that much even back during the original uh, internet bubble, you know, back in 99, 2000, 2001. So there's going to be – at the end of the day, guys, I don't really see and I can't conceive, honestly, how there will ever be a time – when folks won't want to work directly with someone to help them buy or sell a, real, a, a home, but the question is, is, will they be wanting to work with you? And Joe was talking about that—the fact that you know there is a lot of opportunity for all of us to get better. It, am I? Are you remembering what you were talking about now? <laughs> well, I, I know what I
2: was talking about. I just don't know when the when the phone kicked out because I couldn't tell when I could. did. You hear me tell? The, did I did I make the point about the forward conference? Did you hear that?
1: Yeah, yeah, we heard that. Yep.
2: Okay, so you got that point. So basically. You know, I just see the industry as being something that can be improved. I think the technologists see that. I think they see, you know, arbitrage in the, in all the problems with the transaction. And so, you know, what I've been trying to do for the last 10 years is try to find ways to improve the transaction for my clients, help my agents become better at their jobs. And I think it's finally kind of dawning on the industry that's something that we should be paying more attention to, that we should spend less time worried about how do you market to a FISBO and a little bit more time about how do you handle a transaction from contract to closing to make sure it doesn't fall apart and make sure your clients have a good experience. And, you know, technology has a place in that, and I think technology can help that. And one of the things, you know, you mentioned how many startups there are now are in, the, in the space, and it's amazing. And some of them are going after the same old stuff. You know, the, you know, at the Forward Conference this year, there were four or five different portals there that were trying to take a little bite out of Zillow and Truly and realtor.com. But there are also a number of sites that, and, and, and startups that are focusing on how do we improve the transactional experience. So, for example, uh, a friend of mine in a company that we're doing business with now, uh, Jonathan uh, Eisen, uh, who, owns clo- who runs Closing Time, is a product that provides checklists for buyers based on their, their own personal needs. It provides an online checklist for them to manage their transaction from contract to closing. And it's really neat, and it's really slick, and it's a great thing for Uh, buyers to use when they're in a transactional process, and it's one of the few startups that actually tries to attack what happens on a transaction after contract as opposed to how do we go get more leads.
1: That's interesting. I have not heard of that. I will definitely look into that. I wrote that down. That's fantastic. Right. I mean, so that is what you're saying – well, so you're suggesting, I, the vibe I'm getting from you is the shift for a long time, especially inside our industry, is essentially more on the lead generation, how to get more sales type thing. And you're saying where the real evolution is, it should be happening is on the customer service end of things, making the overall experience, customer service is an overused word, obviously, but making the overall experience for the consumer much better uh, and that is ultimately what's going to keep us relevant because they're not going to go through the transaction and think, oh, my God, that was horrible. They're going to go through the transaction and think that was great because we've been able to you know, elevate that into the game. That's what I think I'm hearing you say.
2: All the energy for the last 25 years, all the innovation, all the technology, all the training has been focused on lead generation. When was the last time you went to a conference that, you know, that, had any kind of attention in the breakouts and things like that to the boring stuff, the transactional experience, the learning how to do valuation. You know, that's that's sort of this ghetto training area that you know gets resolved in uh, in continuing ed that people sleep through. Um, you know, the the big money in training is helping people how to generate leads, and that's where all the innovation is. I mean, think about think about the fact that. We're 15 years into the internet revolution. And the websites that every real estate company has are almost exactly the same as they were 15 years ago. They have more bells and whistles. We got mapping, we got directions, we got pictures, we got videos. We have more things that we can use to market the listening. But it's not like we've added any transactional expertise, that we've made it easier for people to use the website. I mean, here's the thing. When you think about it this way, it just drives the point home. Almost every real estate website in the country is about shopping and the site becomes virtually useless once a buyer signs a contract in other words the part of the transaction that is the most difficult part the shopping is easy Shopping's fun people like shopping but once they sign a contract that's when the hard stuff starts and that's when the website becomes virtually useless there's nothing there the only thing you do on these websites is you know, search for homes, and then a lot of bells and whistles attached to that. And think about it from the perspective you want to drive it home even further. Half our clients are sellers, and are, they never need to go on our websites unless they want to check out see what their listing looks like. We don't have any services on our websites geared towards sellers. That's amazing. And the reason is because we've put all the energy and all the money on technological innovation for the last 20 years, 15, 20 years, we've put into lead generation. And if it's not about lead generation, we're not going to attend to it. And I think that's changing. I think, you know, companies like Closing Time, I think there's another great company called Updater that attacks the the post-closing experience, the experience you have of, of doing change of addresses, which is this minor thing, but it's so annoying and they do it so beautifully that I think it's the kind of thing where if an agent points their client to Updater, that client comes out of the experience feeling like their agent really took care of them and that's what we need to do more of because your points exactly right you know this is a relationship business and it's a business where there are services that agents give and there're things that agents do which can't be replicated online that have to be done you know through counseling it have to be done with you know feet on the ground you know it's no different from from you know lawyering i'm a lawyer and i know that there are tons of websites out there that will do legal agreements for you for a small fee online companies where they can do wills for you they can do uh, simple, um, you know, LLC and corporations, things like that. And most people still go to an attorney because they still want to make sure they get it done right, which is exactly the same reason. They'll continue to use realtors, at least the good ones. And that's why so I'm not so worried you, about it.
1: What do you, what do you expect to happen? Are there any things like, what, what should the industry be focused on right now? That's going to surprise all of us over the next 12 to 24 months.
2: That's going to surprise us. Like someone's going to come up that we're not expecting.
1: Well, I think there's no material. question.
2: We're going to see the we're going to see an increase in, you know, no fee brokers, low fee brokers, you know, $500 to put your property in the MLS. There's going to be a lot of that because as the market heats up, there's going to be uh you know, uh it, when it's, it becomes easier to sell your home, people tend to gravitate toward those pro, those programs because they don't see as, you know, when homes are selling in 2 weeks, you know, the the, the, the you don't see the need for a realtor quite as much. It's it's a little bit more difficult to make the case, um, so those companies will pop up, and that's not think that's going to surprise anybody, but that's going to happen. I would say the, the the place that where the really interesting work is getting done is going to be how do you integrate all the vendors, partners, whatever that are involved in a real estate transaction. You know, we're the 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 transaction management holy grail, the oasis people keep searching for, the thing that nobody's been able to perfect, which is the you know, I want to be able to go to one place, one site, and I want, someone, I want my attorney to have access to it. I want my mortgage person. I want my realtor. I want my title person. I want my moving company. I want to basically have one clearinghouse that handles my entire transactional experience. And I'm not saying that's going to happen in the next 18 months, but I think there are people that are working on that. And when they get it done, I think that's going to be transformative. I think that's going to be much more transformative than you know, Zillow buying Trulia.
1: Yeah, I agree. Well, listen, we went o- way over our uh, scheduled time. I-, I know you're extremely busy. You're traveling. You set aside time to be on our radio show. I really appreciate it. So if folks want to get a hold of you, send uh, business referrals and whatnot to your brokerage, how how can they do that?
2: Uh, you can find me at uh, Facebook.com slash Joseph Rand. You can find me on Twitter at Twitter.com slash Joseph Rand. You can find me at JosephRand.com. You can email me, Joseph.Rand at RandRealty.com. I'm very easily findable. You just Google my Perfect. name and you'll you'll find my links.
1: Exactly. So Joseph, I really appreciate your time today. Keep writing on Inman. I love the fact that you were willing to kind of you know fly against the strong breeze there and kind of you really were speaking for our industry and what you were saying. And I think that's the reason that I'm sure a lot of people are reaching out to you after reading it because you know what you wrote really resonated. Please keep it up. I really appreciate it.
2: Thank you so much, and I really appreciate having the chance to be on. I'm sorry about some of the technical stuff, but I look forward to doing so, it again sometime.
1: It is what it is, you know. Well, we will have you <laughs> back. I'll hold you to that.
2: All <laughs> Thank right. you. Have great. A Thanks, Tim. Thanks, and Julie.
1: Very good. And everyone else, listen. So, as promised, we're offering you guys differing perspectives on this, you know, emergence of this, you know, Zulia or whatever it's going to end up being called. What you've got to do is you've got to take in this little piece, these little pieces of information, follow the advice that Joseph gave, and really think about it from your own business perspective. Does it make sense to buy, you know, Zillow or Trulia, Realtor.com leads? Does it make more sense for you to figure out how to generate the leads yourself? You know our stance. I've never, you know, I've never held back. I think you guys should all learn how to self-generate so you don't end up becoming dependent, because if, de- if you're dependent, if you never learned how to generate your own leads, what's going to happen? They're going to continue to raise your rates, and you're going to have to continue to pay them because you don't know how to generate your own business. If there's anything we can do for any of you, what do you do? You go to FreeCoachingCallsForAgents.com. FreeCoachingCallsForAgents.com. Thank you for listening.